This episode is sponsored by Patagonia. In 1972, Chenard Equipment bet the farm, urging climbers to stop using their best-selling product in order to protect the rock. Clean climbing, making the switch from pitons to chocks, fundamentally changed both the art of the sport and the ethos of the community. It was climbing's first environmental movement and instilled the values that drive Patagonia to this day. But more importantly, it was a challenge. What are climbers capable of achieving in order to protect the places we love? 50 years later, Patagonia is asking that question again. They're still committed to the vertical wilderness and putting style over summit. It's a commitment to the sport we love, their technical climb product, and the planet we're still working to save. Go to patagonia.com slash clean climbing to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Sterling. A wet rope is heavy, hard to handle, and can be flat out dangerous. That's why Sterling developed their new line of dry climbing ropes using Zero's technology. Zero's is a whole new way to manufacture UIAA certified dry ropes that are more effective, wear resistant, better for the environment, and only available from Sterling. Visit sterlingrope.com to learn more and use the code DIRTBACK for 15% off. And you can also find these links in our show notes. Welcome to Dirtbag State of Mind podcast from the climbing zine. I am Luke Mihal, and this is episode seven of season four, Back to the Lab, a conversation with Sebastian Zudwig of Gravity Lab Climbing Gym. This was done as a live recording, a live podcast over at Pine Needle Mountaineering. My friend Sanford Johnson did this recording, very grateful for him. We missed the first couple minutes of the recording, so it kind of if it if it seems to start at a an odd um, position, that's why that is. But really want to put this out there. Sebastian and his wife Laura Chase, um, who I went to college with, are opening up a new climbing gym. It's probably going to be opening up right around when we drop this podcast. As a friend, I'm very proud of them uh, for this effort, and you know to have a modern climbing gym in a small rural area like Durango is really going to be a gift for our community. And so um, just wanted to share this with you all. I hope you really enjoy this. Check out gravitylabclimbing.com if you want to pick up a, a day pass or um, pick up an annual membership or a monthly membership. Um, that's all available now and they're going to be opening up later this year. And if you want to support the climbing zine or the Dirtbag State of Mind podcast, support our patreon and you can check the link in our show notes to pick up some goodies from our online store all right let's get into this conversation this episode of the dirtbag state of mind podcast is sponsored by kilter looking for a fun way to train at home or at the gym check out the kilter board the kilter board has innovative light up holds a progressive app with animated functions climbs for all abilities and two layouts to choose from with large international online communities for each. There are over 66,000 problems in the original kilter board layout, and the newer home board layout comes with over 6,300 problems. You can set, tick climbs, make shareable playlists, watch send videos for motivation and beta, and even add your own videos to share with other users. The new map feature helps you find and connect to kilter boards nearest you. Kilter has multiple wall sizes and package options available, so we can help you get a Kilter board in almost any space. Check out Kilter at settercloset.com and look for more information in our show notes. 
This episode is also sponsored by Scarpa. Scarpa's approach to climbing shoe design mirrors their approach to the pursuit of climbing itself. They strive to evolve and incorporate new ideas and techniques every step of the way. They refine their strengths, train their weaknesses, and build on each success. Scarpa has been bolstering its climbing shoe foundations by continuing to create versatile, high-quality designs that satisfy the needs of climbers across a range of disciplines and skill levels. For more information, visit scarpa.com and look for a link in our show notes. All right, and just a reminder, this was a live event we recorded here in Durango earlier this fall, and the first couple minutes are cut off, so if it seems like we jump in in an interesting place, that's why. I hope you enjoy the episode. share with me that you're going to open up the climbing gym only later did i find out even though we've been friends for a long time that your dream has always or has been for a long time to open up a climbing gym it has can you talk a little bit about that and and where this where this dream starts because it seems like kind of a weird dream yeah (laughs) it seems like a lot of work it is a lot of work a couple of weeks ago i got triggered this memory that i had actually written a journal entry in my one time in my life, I've had one journal in my entire life, and I wrote in this journal from the age of 21 to the age of 25, and kind of sporadically wrote when I was out on adventures or there were like big meaningful moments in my life. There's a journal entry where I was a ski lift operator in Lake Tahoe, and I was bored and journaling, and I wrote about my dream entrepreneurial kind of adventure, and it was to open a climbing gym. I was 21 years old, and I named it Club Crux. Uh, <laughs> And I had all kinds of like lists of, kind of amenities and programs and things we were going to do. And um, there's a Club Crux now. There is a gym called Club Crux. So I'm going to reach out to them and claim copyright and infringement. But, you know, I think the dream started when I was 15. I started climbing in one of the first climbing gyms on the west side of Mississippi, which was um, Vertical World in Redmond, Washington. There was one in Seattle too. It was one of the first climbing gyms ever on kind of this side of the States. Um, and I fell in love with climbing right away. And, and um, I think it started then. I was like, wow, climbing gyms are cool. I want to do this. When I'm older, I want to be a climber. And then in college, it was kind of a pipe dream. And it, it kind of remained a pipe dream for a long time until kind of life presented itself, like the opportunities for maybe Laura and I to really pursue this. You know, we picked an interesting time because Laura was pregnant with our first child and our, well, our only child. Um, there's Laura back there. Hi, Laura. Everybody say hello. She uh, has been a huge partner in this and in many ways uh, a decision maker and a partner for me in, in this, this venture. But it, it was a crazy time. We were about to have a baby. The pandemic had just started, and we thought this would be a great time to start a climbing gym. <laughs> and looking back, at, had I known then what I know now, I don't know if I would have done it. Um, 
When you have a child, you, you reevaluate your life and your priorities and your values. And Laura and I were just like, you know, we want a different kind of lifestyle. We want to be part of a community. We want to give back. We want to leave a legacy. We were thinking about Riker as well, our son. And, and it just seemed like a dream to pursue. And luckily, you know, Laura and I both are dreamers and kind of goal crushers in some ways. And so she was on board and like, I'm the kind of person that once I kind of make a decision, I'm all in and I go for it. And I try to not let obstacles get in my way. Uh, and there were a lot of obstacles, but um, here we are, we're getting close and it's, it's, it's happening. We're months away and Gravity Lab is going to be a real thing in Durango, Colorado. So. Oh. So I was at your wedding. You had probably the most climber wedding I've ever been to. Um, you and Laura united your racks together. <laughs> yeah, it was the cutest thing in the world. Um, apparently, they both had marked their gear with the same tape um, over the years, and they'd fight, you know, because uh, they courted one another for a long time. Um, and at their wedding, they united their racks, which was very beautiful. <laughs> Just to paint the picture, we had a big haul bag, you know, and we both held up our gear slings and cut our gear slings so the gear fell in the haul bag. That was a unique kind of fun way to... And I'm curious, when you told... Did you tell Laura about this dream after you got married or before? This dream to open up a climbing gym. After, I, th I think, like, explicitly actually talking about it as a goal really didn't come until, like, uh, November of 2019, so a couple of years after we got married. But I think, you know, Laura grew up climbing, too. She was in a, she started climbing when she was 15. She was a climbing guide in Crested Butte. We were climbing partners before we started dating, and so I intuitively knew that she was down. So, um... You know, so when I kind of like talked about it and then we started kind of thinking and, and, and looking into whether or not it was a reality, something we could pull off, um, I knew that if Laura said yes, we were going to do it. And, and that was, yeah, I had a lot of faith in her that way. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> You're part of the, uh, the Gunnison Crested Butte climbers that moved down to Durango. Oh. Um, and before all the remote workers showed up, who, who moved here in the last two years? Uh, raise your hand. I love that. I love that. It's a big part of our community. But before the remote work surge, there was a surge of Gunnison and Crested View climbers that moved to Durango. Um, and raise your hand if you're one of those. All right, Ben Johnson, we're still trying to get you down here. You guys moved here as part of that. What was your initial impressions of the climbing community here? and um, why it, it captured your heart so quickly and, and made you want to do something big here. It was a huge factor for, for us to move here to Durango. We lived in Crested Butte for many years, Laura especially, and we were in a position, we left for a little bit for Laura to go to grad school and we wanted to come back to Colorado and Durango was one of our top choices because of the community. We knew you were here, Adam and Timmy and kind of all the people that we loved that had kind of migrated from the Gunnison area to, to Durango. And um, I think the proximity to the desert was a big factor for us too. We love the creek and, you know, desert climbing and uh, we're backcountry skiers and love the mountains. And so 
knowing this community was here and the access to the kind of recreation was here that we that we wanted um it was a huge drop for us and we felt super grateful to be able to land here immediately with a community that was stoked to see us arrive and and welcomed us with open arms and that was you and, and everybody else that we knew and, and most of you know my wife laura more than you know me you've known laura for 20 years i've known laura for 20 plus years yeah, yeah. So, went to college together yeah right for us it was a no-brainer it was it was our number one choice and laura landed a job here laura's a crna and so she works at several different facilities here in durango um, providing anesthesia uh, and i landed a job at open sky as the clinical director there i'm a therapist by trade kind of my background but um we were psyched we got good jobs and a great community and a place that we loved with access to the desert and the mountains. Climbing, the climbing gym was not on our radar. It was not a plan when we moved here. Uh, and it just kind of like dawned on us that it was a, a kind of a niche that needed to be filled. And we had some opportunities. Laura and I both owned properties in Crested Butte and Gunnison. And we were like, okay, we could liquidate these properties and maybe pull this off if we, you know, find the right property. And, it was an emotional decision because we loved Crested Butte and we didn't want to sell our homes there necessarily, but we kind of weighed the sacrifice of doing that for the climbing gym in this community and it made sense to us. And Everyone in here who goes to a big city and goes to a climbing gym, it's an incredible experience, especially when you know, we don't even have a gym here. What do you think, like the comparison of a big city climbing gym and that cutting edge feeling of, of something that's modern, climbs really well, we all get really spoiled. You, you guys are gonna offer that on a level through vertical solutions here yeah. that is, is gonna kind of provide that modern climbing experience in a, in a smaller independent way. Right. Um, could you kind of talk about just the experience of what you're trying to offer with the gym and, and yeah. what the, the features are gonna look like? Sure. Like that. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to, you know, in some sense, replicate kind of the modern big city gym on a smaller scale here in Durango, but with like a local mom and pops feel, because that's really what we are. It's just Laura and I, we don't have investors, we don't have partners, we're not part of a larger corporation. And we want it to be that way. And we want to loop in like local business owners like yourself and other vendors and people to kind of collaborate with us. So that's our, that's our aim is to have high quality, walls holds modern route setting get people really psyched on the way the industry has evolved over the last few years um which is actually pretty dramatic climbing now with like these major blockbusters like um the dawn wall and free solo and, and climbing being in the olympics the industry has exploded and it's become uh much more modern much more high tech um, you know, the, the day of the old grungy kind of climbing gym is kind of past and now people want open lit community spaces. It's more than just a gym. It's a place to gather and a place for people to come together. Uh, and that's what we want to do. And Vertical Solutions has been an amazing company to work with. And actually, I want to shout out one gentleman here right now, James Mobley, who is here with Vertical Solutions. Uh, he's our foreman and he has been crushing it, setting up all the steel. I mean, he's, he's building it from start to finish. And so um, it's, it's James and about four or five other guys that make up the full team. And they'll, they basically live here in Durango for six weeks while they build the gym. 
from steel to wood paneling to, to flooring, texture, paint, inlay, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's quite remarkable. And, uh, and they kind of work with us from start to finish. So I reached out to Vertical Solutions two years ago and said, hey, can, can we do this? How much does it cost? What's, what's the process? And Laura and I had tons and tons of meetings with them, and we sat together with them online and, and designed the walls, every square inch, every wall angle, every feature, um, with a lot of research. You know, for example, you know, modern, modern gyms now, it's more about open flowing lanes for quality route setting than it is kind of like boxed in steep caves and, and roofs like it used to be. Um, and that was kind of tough for me. I was like, no, we got to have these like steep roofs and corners and cause that's what I was used to. And, and I, I, we researched other gyms, talked to route setters and, and we discovered that actually, you know, you're better off with bigger wide open lanes because of the volumes and, and wall modifiers and holes these days offer a ton of creativity. So you could turn a 30 degree wall into a 45 degree wall with just kind of the modifications of, of you know, walls. But anyway, so we, the facility is about 6,200 square feet. We have about 4,000 square feet of climbing surface, mostly bouldering, 16 foot tall walls, which is actually quite tall. Uh, this ceiling right here is probably 11 or 12 feet tall. And so um, 16 feet is tall. And, and so the really beautiful striking bouldering features. And then we have a top rope wall. We'll probably put a bunch of auto delays on as well. That wall is 25 feet tall. It's the, probably the max height we have in the building, which is great for kind of like laps on auto delays and top ropes, but it's not quite tall enough for lead climbing. So we won't have lead climbing in this phase of our opening, but we'll have about a total of 14 lanes of rope climbing. And then we'll have a spray wall, kilter board, a canvas board, cardio equipment, weightlifting equipment, and a yoga studio. And then, you know, bathrooms and showers and things like that. And then we strategically bought this property uh, with ample room to expand and grow. So we have, we could double our size. We could put a whole nother 6,000 square foot building on this property and more parking. And that building, if things go well, if you guys show up, <laughs> uh, will be our our hope is to to have um, a bigger, taller ceiling height to do lead climbing there. So 40, 45 foot walls um, is kind of our goal. That's phase two, and that'll take probably a couple of years. But we need the community to show up. We need to buy memberships and and be there. Um, so that will uh, help us pursue that expansion, which is really what what we want to do. And maybe a nightclub called. Clubs, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then just further to your, your question, you know, we're interested in youth programming and instruction, collaborating with, you know, the guiding companies and search and rescue and, and schools to make it really like accessible to the community in, a, in an intentional way so that um, it can still be a, a usable space for, for our climbers and it's not overcrowded. You know, you're you not going to unleash the uh, 110 year olds on no, the no, no. <laughs> where everyone's climbing. Right. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try to be strategic, but there's, you know, we're the only climbing gym within a four hour drive. Yeah. And we've talked about with the Durango Climbers Coalition too. And if anyone who's out here or listening uh, wants to team up, 
we'd love to figure out a way to get um, lower income kids into the gym and, and subsidize that. Um, so anyone who's here would like to maybe get involved in that. We, we've talked about um, getting you some dough from the Climbers Coalition to make it easy for yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. lower income kids to get in there. So Absolutely, kind of our core values are inclusivity, community, integrity, and oh my gosh, I should know my fourth core value, but it's escaping me right now. Climbing, passion, <laughs> crushing, yes. Um, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful space. We all know that. One of the reasons, actually, it was Sanford's idea. Sanford's kind of like an honorary climber. I know we're going to get you into the climbing gym. Um, but when we were planning this event, um, Hired Together, which this could be a bigger event in the future, Sanford just saw what you're doing. And Sanford's owned his own small business. I've owned my small business, a lot of small business owners in the house, and it's very stressful. And um, Sanford wanted the whole community to really see the effort that, that goes into what you're doing, and it's profound. And um, yeah, I'd like you to just maybe talk a little bit about sacrifice. We, we know that you haven't, I've climbed with you less in the last two years than before. You've, you've actually sacrificed your own climbing uh, for this. I'm sure you've made uh, sacrifices in your personal life. I'd love for you to just talk about that and just yeah, let everyone know like where you've been and, and, and truly what, what you have to give to make this thing happen. Yeah. And Laura. Yeah. I mean, well, first and foremost, it's just like the, the financial risk, right? Like we sold two properties and bought a property and we weren't sure if it was going to get approved by the county and if it was going to work. And so you have to kind of like take these huge risks uh, to pull something like this off. It takes a ton of capital to, because we wanted to own the property and then it costs a lot of money to, to develop the property and then build the walls. And so the financial risk is huge, of course. Um, but we feel pretty confident that this community is going to rally and, and support us with, with good membership drives. And then, uh, you know, the emotional toll is, like for me, the potential of failure and letting down the community after kind of announcing our plan was probably one of the hardest things. It was, was like, oh my gosh, the community is so excited. People are rallying. Um, there's so much anticipation for this and things are still really uncertain. Not now, but, you know, like a year ago. At one point, you know, because of several price increases with the pandemic and materials and um, all that kind of stuff our bank our bank said sorry we're you know we're pulling out <laughs> and we were we were like halfway through the project and so Laura and I were like oh my god we got to scramble and we talked to five other banks and presented our case and our business plan and, and you know I, I really struggled that was a hard five weeks and um because my thought was like, well, if the bank that we've been in relationship for two week, two years has decided to pull out the project, why would a bank who doesn't know us want to support this? And luckily, um, we had two banks that were really psyched on our project and, and approved us. And we were able to kind of choose which bank we wanted. We went with First Southwest Bank. So there's a plug for a really awesome local bank. Uh, um, and they, they, they're, they're super excited about the project and they come out and you know, do site visits and things like that. So that was really kind of emotionally taxing. So there are several moments where we experienced obstacles where Laura and I were like, gosh, is this gonna, are we gonna be able to pull this off? And 
what does this mean with all this like anticipation and hype and psych in the community? Are we gonna let people down? Um, that was hard. That was one of the hardest pieces for me personally. Um, and then just time. Yeah, you know, the ir irony is I'm opening a climbing gym. I'm gonna be in the worst climbing shape of my life <laughs> because I haven't been climbing. Um, we need to get you like a personal trainer, like to get some like Rocky, make like a, a documentary, you know, like this guy works himself to death and then reads builds and Farrow could be your coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, well, we, we all hope you're going to get back into crushing. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that'll, yes. I, and I, I consciously knew that that was a sacrifice I was making. I was like, okay, I'm going to work my, and you know, Laura and I both have full-time jobs too. And we're raising a two-year-old and trying to open this business. So yeah, it's been a lot. And I need to prioritize time with my family, my kid, over climbing and over social. So, so the priority has been family, kid, climbing gym. You know, health and fitness and climbing is kind of kind of the wayside. But in a couple of months, I'll have my own gym where I can crush and get strong real quick. Yeah, we're, we're all looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, on the note of climbing, um, where are some of your favorite places to climb? So oh, Yosemite, the Sierras. Um, I love big Alpine Grand is my favorite. And then, of course, the desert. Um, and then Laura and I have a huge love for Kalimnos. We've been out there a few times, but that like beach limestone sport climbing is just kind of a awesome romantic place to climb and you get the best of both worlds you climb and play in the ocean and eat good mediterranean food and drink wine and so those are probably some of my favorites and then washington state has got some of the best climbing i think in the lower 48 so index oh and then um washington pass and the enchantments and those places so, yeah laura what's your favorite climbing place the limnos and the creek yeah. creek oh mm -hmm. i like you stay personally yeah. i'm a trad climber i'm a crusty old trad climber so that's you know i like alpine climbing and trad climbing so you stay is is kind of my favorite what does crusty mean, Sebastian? Some of these climbers, they might be a little young. Um, who knows, who, who feels like they have a, 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 they know what the word crusty means. He knows what crusty means. Um, yeah, how would you define crusty? Because I think crusty is an interesting word. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm a word person. I think it's like old and set in your ways and kind of old, holding on to the old school. You know, when I think about crusty, I think about like, um, yeah, Fred Becky is crusty. Calm down, Heckler. <laughs> um, you know, it's like when I think about route setting, the, the route setting I see on Instagram is like three jumps to a dyno to a foot flag. And I'm like, where are you going to do that in real life, in real climbing? Now, this is, and then I feel like I'm the crusty old climber that's like, I'm not setting that kind of route, right? I'm gonna set the route that feels like it would be climbed in the outdoors, but not everybody likes that, you know? So we, we will have those kind of dynamic fun routes as well for you young bucks who like to Instagram your bouldering routes, and, you know, update your MySpace. TikTok, TikTok. So.
Um, but I, I think that was a great definition because you actually acted out being crusty. Um, but I, I think the beauty of a little bit of crust is you're you're delivering a climbing gym to our town. I think Climbing Business Journal um, had that headline that was like Durango couple gives their town a climbing gym. <laughs> that, that would seem more like a heckle. Can I just have new shoes? No. <laughs> All right, we're getting close to Q and A. Um, I'm, I'm the the people are getting really excited to ask questions, but um, I just wanted to um, kind of finish this conversation by thanking you for everything you've done. Um, the Durango climbing community is really growing in an exponential way. A lot of people are moving here, but it, it doesn't feel unsustainable. It actually feels very good that we're able to, you know, if we have issues like out of Extract, we're able to um, build a trail. Uh, we're able to clean off the graffiti if that happens. We've been doing so much as a community and it's it's really like coming out of the pandemic. It's, it's very heartwarming. We all need this. We need this community. And um, you and Laura are just, um, and Riker are just a big part of it. And um, I just wanted to thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. All right, that was my conversation with Sebastian Zudwig, good friend of mine, really excited to have a climbing gym here in our town in Durango, Colorado. Very exciting and um, hope you all picked up something out of this conversation. I know that the journey, um, you know, I'm a small business person myself and, and the journey to opening up a small business um, is quite the roller coaster and I know it has been for Sebastian and Laura. And very excited to uh, have a gym this winter to uh, get some workouts in and get strong. Music for this episode is by Devin Dabney. Our digital editor and producer is Chad Rich. And I'm Luke Mihal signing off from beautiful Durango, Colorado. Peace. Peace.